Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Shit Talking Podcast. I'm Christina Previtt. And I'm Robin Ross. We are we allowed to see shit? I don't know. Whatever. Let's go. You are here for another episode of Shit Talking. I'm Christina. And I am Robin. And we are back after technical difficulties, after a hiatus, after a nor'easter and holidays. And after an attack on Capitol Hill. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Attack on the Capitol. We now have a new president. Uh, So here we are. Here we are, guys. We're back. We're back. (laughs) And the subject of the day is New Year, New You, bullshit or not. Yeah. Which kind of begs the question, 2020, 2021? Is 2021 going to be just as shitty as 2020 was? Well, let's put positivity into the universe, Christina. It's going to be a wonderful year. What I will say is that my 2021, it didn't necessarily start off super great. I'm not going to lie. Like I was kind of like, what the hell? Like I thought 2020 was the shitty year and now it's like, new year, new me. And I think I walked into a year of bullshit, but I will not let that form my whole year. I will not. I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> now look, you know, I mean, that's exactly what the topic is, right? Is ha- when we say new year, new you, it's kind of like a catchphrase. You hear it every year. What the yeah. hell does it really even mean? Like, are you suddenly different on January 1st than you were on December 31st? I mean, of course you're not right. Yeah, but people, I peep, I feel like people do this new year, new me every freaking year. So how many yeah. new years are there? Like how many, how many iterations of you are there going to be? You, you know, know what we mean? could do, we, maybe what we should do is new day, new me. I know. Like every know. day is another opportunity to, to do something new, to do something positive. If you want to, um, you know, have a new goal or start a diet. That's such a great example, right? Cause mm-hmm. I feel like everybody starts a diet on Monday. I don't know why it's like, let's go crazy Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but Monday want to get through the weekend of being able to go hard in the paint the whole weekend. And like, I'm starting my diet Monday. So here's my gallon of ice cream now. Like that's what you want. Yes. But then what'll happen is if you shit the bed on Monday and you have, you know, ice cream Monday, then what? Oh, well, gotta wait till next Monday. May as well just eat all week and gain another five pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. There's something about like a Monday or January 1st. There's something about that, that I think, you know, really incentivizes people to take a look at who they are and what they're doing. Yeah. But I think what bothers me about it a little bit is number one, we all make these new year's resolutions and I feel like people don't really stick to them. In fact, statistically, because as I told you last time I did the research, Oh, the um, research Robin's the researcher in case you guys don't know that I love my research, but um, statistically it says 46% of people are actually successful with their new year's resolutions, which means that 54% of people are not successful. That, that number was actually higher than I thought. Like I I'm like 46% of people actually being successful is pretty good. Like it you got a shot. It does sound good. That's not really a terrible statistic. I mean, if you were to ask me, I would say nobody keeps these resolutions. I would have said it would be like 15% of people actually keep them or something like that. Yeah, I would have said that too. But is it because people don't set realistic goals? Yes, because I did research on that as well. Funny enough. Um, I think that that which one did I look at? I was looking at it might have been psychology today. And what they were saying is that people really only stick to resolutions that number one, they enjoy. And that number two, that they get immediate reward from. So let's say Mm -hmm. you make a resolution to exercise more, but you freaking hate exercising. You're not going to stick to it because you're not enjoying it. Now, if you find something that you enjoy, like if you say, I'm going to play tennis more and you realize you love tennis, you're going to stick to it because you're actually enjoying it. Yeah. And then the second part is that you really do need to see some sort of result immediately. So even when people make like a weight loss, you know, sort of thing, that's why, and I understand like anybody who's like a nutritionist or a dietitian would like hang me for this. I'm not 
like completely adverse to starting a diet with something that's completely unhealthy and fad like. Like just starving for three days. Yeah. Like I'm not adverse to that or like doing, you know, a juice cleanse or a smoothie cleanse or something like that, because the weight comes off like that. It drops. You feel great. And then maybe from that, you can segue into something healthier that you'll stick to because you've gotten the pleasure of those immediate results. Yeah. I mean, or the other idea is that you could measure success differently. You know, you could say, all right, I'm going to go on a diet for seven. I'm going to just commit for, to seven days mm-hmm. with the intention. We'll reevaluate, regroup, and we'll continue on. So you, that's the measure of success. Isn't, oh, I lost two pounds or, you know, I dropped a pant size, which we all know you're not doing all that in a week, probably. Right. No. But you could measure your success as I just want to prove to myself that I can do this, that I can stick to this for seven days. Right. If I'd love to lose a couple pounds, but if I don't, at least I know I am doing something good for my body and I'm going to be consistent for seven days. I mean, I think that it depends on your psychology. Yeah. Right. Like some people, I think that that would really resound with them because they need smaller like in posts. I think I'm kind of the same way. I think that would work so much better for me if I said, I'm going to do this for a week and then I'm going to see what happens. Because what I tell myself is you can do anything for a week. Like it's just a week. So do it for a week and see what happens. So it doesn't seem as, as daunting. Like, you know, even back when I was going to the gym, because I'm not yet comfortable going back to the gym, which I'm going to tell you guys is a little bit of bullshit because I'm blaming (laughs) COVID. I really just don't like the gym. Like I'm not into it, but like, I'm like, I just don't know that the gyms are safe yet. I don't know that I can go back to the gym, but when I did go in order to like force myself into the gym, I used to tell myself, you only need to go for 15 minutes. Yes. I was going to ask you, well, how did you trick yourself into going before? Yeah. So you would would just commit to, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to use the treadmill for 15 minutes. If I want to leave, I give myself permission to leave after 15 minutes because how often did you actually leave? <laughs> I know. I, I know. I, I honestly think using that system, I, there was one time I actually left after 15 minutes. Like I just wasn't into it. I didn't yeah. want to be there. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted. I had a long day. And I think there was really one time after all of the times that I was going consistently that after 15 minutes, I got off the elliptical and I was like, all right, I'm done. Like that's okay, time though. to go home. Yeah. But I gave myself, you know, ahead of time, I gave myself preliminary permission to do that, which would just get me in the door. And I do find once I'm in the door, I'm like, well, I'm here now. And once you've done 15 minutes, you're kind of like, yeah, what's, what's 15 more? What's 15 more after that? Like you just kind of keep going. Yeah. Well, you know, I definitely have learned, I used to hear this saying, and it's so true. No one ever regrets going to the gym, right? So when you're sitting on the couch and you're like, oh, I really should get up and go to the gym. I really don't want to. It's so comfy, cozy here. You really just have to get yourself up and get there. Yeah. And then the rest of the work's really done because you're not going to leave, right? You're probably not going to leave. No. And you're going to do your workout and it's going to be fine. And then you're going to go home later and, and be happy that you went. That's, well, that's why Yeah. That's why I think half the battle is just doing whatever you need to do to push yourself through the door. So I think the same can be said for new year's resolutions of, you know, do just enough to push yourself through the door. Like maybe these resolutions would be easier to stick to if we did make them smaller and more attainable and just enough, like, as opposed to me saying, okay, well in this new year, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Why don't I just start the new year and say, you know what? I'm going to lose five pounds this year. And maybe that would make things a little bit easier. Cause once you lose the five, you're like, oh shit. Like I actually did that. Let me, I, now I can set another goal or I can set another, you know, yeah. You, you know what though, you know, what might even be more beneficial is because in the weight loss is a great example. Cause I've been trying to lose the same 10 pounds for 
God, decades now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, haven't we all? Yeah. Right. And so I almost feel like the goal should be not, I'm going to lose five pounds or I'm going to lose 10 pounds it, because we've been doing that forever. It's not working. Right. right. And I'm going to speak for myself because I know plenty of you out there have, have successfully lost weight, but I feel like for me and for people who have this issue, it probably should be more like, I'm going to stop eating ice cream every day, or I'm going to, cause like I nibble a lot. Like I would have little chocolates around and I think you don't realize nibbling on that stuff during the day can really add a lot of calories. I don't have any of that stuff around. So that's been a goal of mine. Just don't keep it around. Don't nibble on it during the day. And I think you will end up seeing the results that you really want. Cause just saying, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. How's that different than all the other times that you said you were going to do that? Well, I think that part of the problem is, and, and I was thinking about this when we were thinking about this topic, because I'm not a big fan of resolutions. Like I'm not a big fan of the new year, new me. I'm not a fan of it. I'm a huge fan of goal setting though. Yes. So in my mind, I'm like, how do you reconcile that? Like, how is it that I hate the concept of resolutions and I love the concept of goal setting, but I think the difference between the two is that when I set goals, those goals are very specific and they're very attainable. And those goals that are not attainable. So those goals that are my reach goals where I say, Hey, I have a goal to, you know, make $3 million this year. And maybe I would say, that's not super attainable. You're probably not making $3 million. So I already know that's a stretch goal. Like I know, like odds are that that's not going to happen, but it's nice to put it out there so that you're constantly working towards that rabbit you can't reach. And my business coach had a word for that. Like she, I, I know in business land, there's like, there's, there's the, this goal and the, that goal and then the impossible goal. There's a word for the impossible goal, but she's like, yeah. you should still write it down. Like you should still write it down but you should still know that's kind of your reach. So I think that that's my issue is that people make these resolutions with no specificity. So it doesn't turn it into a goal. It just turns it into a pipe dream, mm -hmm. a wish, right? It's just a wish. Like I wish I could lose 20 pounds. I think I'm less into that and more into, well, what exactly are you going to do to lose these 20 pounds? Yeah. Why don't you make those your goals? Maybe your goal is I'm going to drink more water. Maybe the goal is I'm going to stop nibbling. Maybe the goal is I'm going to walk 30 minutes every day. And those to me are real goals as opposed to like a pipe dream, new year, new me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I much prefer to say, let's, let's kind of take inventory of what we accomplished last year and let's set goals not resolutions. Let's set goals for, for this coming year. I like that idea better. Well, let me ask you this. We were talking about the whole concept of new year, new me. And I said that I found it a little offensive because to me, it has a connotation that there was something wrong with the old you. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I, I actually saw this, this meme that was talking about, it. I'm going to try to see if I can find it. But I had posted a meme that was basically talking about, you know, the new year is coming. And you know, we're all talking about new year, new me, and that's all great. But what it said was, you know, it's a toast to the old you. And it says, you know, if you feel inspired to use the new year to help you reset or change habits, great. And yet, the old you has survived every terrible day, every hard thing, every awful circumstance and every heartbreak you've ever felt. The old you is a fighter and that's worth celebrating. So I kind of liked that because I'm kind of like, well, why are we always shitting on old you? Like old yeah. you did some, because old you got you to where you are right now. If you're it right. weren't for old you, you wouldn't be where you are. You're right. You're so brilliant, Robin. Well, the meme was brilliant that I just, I just copied somebody. But, but thank right. you. You're right. <laughs> and we should be a little more positive and not so hard on ourselves. So I did... A little bit of research just now. You didn't see me. I was very stealthy. <laughs> the word resolution is defined as a firm decision to do or not to do something. Okay. So maybe that would help us in this 
very intellectual cerebral analysis that we are having. What is a resolution anyway? Well, that there you have it. It's a firm well, decision to do or not do something. And I think that's bullshit. So that's why I think I don't like resolutions because it's just too broad. It's like, I'm not like, like for you to just say, I'm not going to, you know, I am going to lose weight. All right. Well, that's super broad. How are you going to do it? It's different than a goal. That's completely different. You know, like to do or not do something, I could say, okay, I'm not going to nibble or I am going to lose 10 pounds, but it's very different than saying my goal is that I would like to be healthier feel better about my body, be more confident. And my goal to do that is partly to, to diet and exercise, to eat healthy, um, to drop some weight, whatever, you know, go to bed earlier and not sit up scrolling through Instagram for 10 hours so that I can actually get proper sleep. You know, I think that kind of attitude and goal setting is a little more healthy than just these resolutions that we're talking about. Well, I agree with you because I think that we're both definitely goal setting people. Like we're both really into the goal setting. Um, so I think that if people were to, to find a way to turn these resolutions into actual specific actionable goals, I think that we would actually feel better about ourselves than making these blanket statements of what we are or are not going to do and just leaving it at that. And, and I also think it a goal by saying, you know, I'm going to do these specific things to me has a more positive feel than I'm just going to make this, this, the year of the new me, you know what I mean? Because that is kind of saying that the old you wasn't good enough and the old you was great. The old you got you to where you are, but maybe there are some things you want to do differently. So if you're just going to make a blanket statement of like, well, I'm not going to let people walk all over me anymore. 2021, people aren't walking all over me. Well, then how? Yeah, yeah, like exactly. How? What does that mean? Or what does it mean to you? Is that real or did you just make that up? No, I I don't think I let people walk all over me. I don't think you do. Maybe I do. But if I do, I'm not doing it anymore. So (laughs) so that's, that's it. To the extent that I let people walk all over me, you guys are done. That's it. But, um, (laughs) but if I said, well, I'm not going to let people walk all over me. It's kind of like, that's that you're setting yourself up for failure because first of all, that's obviously within your nature to do that. So what steps are you taking? Are you going to therapy? Maybe to figure out why you let people walk all over you. What is it, you know, about your personality or about your past experiences or maybe even past traumas that have caused you to let people walk all over you. Like, what are you doing, man? Like yeah. what are you doing to make it happen? You know what I would love to see people do. And, and you can relate as a divorce lawyer, we see so many people get themselves into these really unhealthy relationships, or mm-hmm. if they've been married a long time, their relationship has evolved in such a way that it has become really unhealthy. Yeah. And I see so many people just immediately jump into another relationship. Like sometimes that's the reason the marriage is breaking up in the first place. Cause there's someone new. Right. And I always, I, I'm always kind of taken aback by that. I don't understand why people wouldn't want to take a little time for themselves and just be alone for a little while. I think it would be really valuable if they would kind of reflect on, you know, what they really didn't want in their lives from that other relationship and, and see like, how did I really get to that place so that you can make sure that the same thing doesn't happen again in your next relationship? Well, yeah, that would be the completely reasonable and healthy thing to do, Christina, which means that nobody does it. Um, (laughs) You know, it's funny. I, I remember going to mediation and um, I was not the mediator. I was there with a client and um, I was speaking with the mediator who I'm friendly with, you know, in general. And I was speaking to the mediator and I said to him, yeah, you know, my client is actually in another relationship. And and this last, you know, her marriage was just so shitty. Like she was just married to this guy that was just such a dick. 
And I, like, I, I personally hated him, which was probably a bad thing from a professional perspective that I like personally could not stand this guy, but I had like such a vendetta. Like I was like, I can't stand him. So anyway, I was talking to the mediator and I said, you know, she's dating this new guy. And I'm just really hoping after everything she's been through that he's a really good guy. Like he's a, he's good to her. He's a nice guy. And the mediator's like, he won't be. And I, and I kind of said like, I looked at him and I was like, why she, he was like, look, you, you continue your pattern until you do something to break that pattern. She's done nothing to break that pattern. She's done nothing to address why she was with a guy that was such a dick in the first place. Nothing. So if you spent a bunch of time with this guy, you know, if, if you're thinking, okay, I just spent the last 10 years of my life with this guy who treated me like crap who was abusive to me, that was a horrible father, a horrible husband, a horrible provider. And then I bounce right from that relationship into the next one without learning anything or stopping to take stock in why was I even there? Of course, the next guy's going to be a dick too. you. That's what, that's what, you know, that's, what's comfortable to you. Well, that requires, that requires people to take personal responsibility. It requires them to look at the situation they're in and say to themselves, you know, how did I get into, get to this place? You know, how did I pick this man or woman? You know, how did our relationship evolve to be what it is? You know, why was that okay with me? And what did I do to contribute to that dynamic? I think very few people ask those questions when their marriage doesn't work out. And I think what you just said is huge. And a lot of people don't want to, you know, hold up the mirror to say, what did I do to contribute to this? Everybody wants to play the blame game. It's like, well, I married this horrible guy and he was like, you know, he was such a monster and it was him, 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 him. He's horrible. Mm -hmm. He's a narcissist. He's, you know, abusive. He's Mm -hmm. a drunk, whatever it is. But you don't say like, all right. But I have some personal responsibility in the fact that I, one, tolerated that behavior. There was something about me that attracted that, that person to me. So what can I do to make sure that doesn't happen again? And you're right. People never do it. They don't do that work. They don't. And actually, the very things that we're saying, if you were to pose those questions to them, most of them would probably be very offended. And would oh, yeah. get very defensive and they would just go home thinking, oh, gosh, what a bitch Robin is. Oh, I can't believe she said that to me. She doesn't know what she's talking about and would, would never, you know, have that, that moment of self-reflection. Like, I don't know, maybe there's some truth to what Robin said. You know, maybe I should think about that. I mean, really self-aware people might do that, but, yeah, but I think, true. yeah. Most people aren't going to take responsibility and, um, you know, something I've worked with coaches too. And something I've learned in the past few years that I've worked with coaches is that everything in your life you are responsible for. Mm-hmm. And that can be really hard to wrap your brain around at first. Cause you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, it's not my fault that, um, you know, the economy tanked or that, you know, my house burnt down or, or whatever, you know, whatever these outside forces are. Right. Um, okay. You can't control the economy, but you can always control what you do and how you react to those things and, and what you tolerate in your life. Right. So the bad example things, that's an easy one. If you're with someone who is not treating you the way that you want to be treated, you really have a few choices. You can just stay and suck it up and complain every time he does it and blame him for being a terrible person. Right. Or you can look at, well, what am I doing? Am I not speaking up for myself? Yeah. Cause that could be the very thing that you're doing, right? You're not making him be an asshole, but you are sitting there tolerating it. Right. I was trying to find a quote, um, but I couldn't find it. Um, and it's basically based upon what you said. And I think that it was a, a quote by, um, I want to say it's Grant Cardone, the times 10 rule or 10 times rule. One of those books. Um, it's, it's a really good book, but there's something he says in the book and I was trying to quote him correctly. And I know I'm not going to, but 
I remember reading this and I like underlined it. And that's why I can't believe I can't find it. Cause I was pretty sure I put it in my phone. Like I was like, Oh my uh-huh. God, this is so good. But, um, what the quote basically says is that everything that happens in your life, whether it's good or bad is a result of something that you've done or not done. And something like that. I apologize if I'm fucking up your quote. Sorry. Well, I think Sorry, I, I might've found it. Is it this one? Is it, you must set targets that are 10 times what you think you want and then do 10 times what you think it will take to accomplish those targets. That's the same book. Um, but, uh, but the quote, uh, yeah, I'm not going to freaking find it, but anyway, <laughs> Grant, but anyway, it's a book by Grant Cardone, the, the, the 10 times rule. And that's pretty much what his rule is. It's like, whatever you want to do, do that times 10. Yeah. Like that's yeah. how much effort you need to do. If you want to, you know, post on social media more. And I understand that most people that is not a goal for them because they're on social media too much. But for people that are trying to market themselves or get themselves out there, like you want to, for example, I say all the time, I want to tweet more. I don't really use my Twitter account. I tweet when I think about it. I'm kind of like, oh, I should probably put something on Twitter. But what they're saying is take your goal. If my goal is I want to send one tweet a day, which in Twitter universe is like nothing. You might as well just not tweet if you're tweeting once a day. But if I say I want to tweet once a day, then he's like, no, you take that times 10. So it's, I want to tweet 10 times a day. Who or has got time for that? Well, the people who pay people to tweet for them, for one, that's, that's part yeah. of it. But, you know, if that's my, my, my goal, you know what I mean? Is I want to do this. He's saying, take that goal and times it by 10. Because then maybe you'll actually land on something that's that's more than you would have done or something that's better for you. But but within that same, you know, book, yeah. unless I'm unless I'm not giving the right person credit for the quote, maybe it was in good to great. I don't know. But anyway, um, but oh, I'm but, looking at it, the 10 times rule. Yeah, but what he was saying is is everything that happens is as a result of something that you've done. And when I read that. It was so empowering to me because I was kind of like, well, as opposed to me playing the blame game and saying, well, this happened and this is so-and-so's fault. No, it happened because of something you did, which means that you have control over your own life. And isn't that wonderful that you have some level of control over what happens to you? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's that um, denial is a little bit of Mm self-soothing because it's easier to think, well, this happened to me. It wasn't my fault. This other person's just an asshole because then you don't have to take any responsibility and you don't have to look at yourself like, Oh, did I make a mistake or did I do something bad or wrong? You know, am I not perfect? Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't grow from that. Right. So you're destined to continue to repeat those same patterns and it can make you feel good. We're like plain and simple, make you feel good. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. This wasn't my my fault. fault. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not my fault. I'm chubby. I just have a a slow metabolism. Right. So, or I'm big boned. I have, yes, I'm big boned. (laughs) So, but, but then what happens? Everything stays the same. Right. Right. Nothing changes. Yeah. Nothing. There's no growth. There's, there's nothing. So even though we've said that new year's resolutions, I, I feel like we kind of agree that they're kind of bullshit. Did you make yeah. one anyway? I don't. I just gave up. But I'll be honest. The reason I gave up because I would never do them. And I just mm-hmm. thought they are bullshit. It's just stupid. Why? Why bother? Why go through this exercise? And I guess that's something I have to look at is, well, why aren't I doing them? And because there's something there's something flawed about that whole system, which right. is why I'm saying I think. I think what's more beneficial is to say, well, what do I really, what would I like to achieve in 2021? Like for reals, you know, not just, oh, I'm going to clean out all my closets, like stupid shit like that. I mean, like, and actually I wanted to ask you if you, if there was anything you wanted to share of what any goals that you have for the, for the year. Well, Uh, I don't know because I don't really make resolutions either. I think most goals, goals, not most of my goal setting is, is business oriented. So usually when I sit down and I think of goals, it's, it's typically where I want my business to go or what Mm -hmm. I want to happen with the business. Um, personal goals, I tend to make 
on my birthday, not on New Year's. So, so because of that to you is like um, a sort of a benchmark or a milestone. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like when I start my new year is, is different than when everybody else starts their new year. So I did make, um, I did actually write down goals when I turned 39, I did write down goals of like, and I think that maybe the reason I actually wrote them down as opposed to just thinking about them is because I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be 40. Like, what do I want to accomplish before I turn 40? Like, what do I feel like if I can get this done in the next year and I'll turn 40 and these things will have been accomplished? Will I feel really good about it? So a few things happened. So I did write down the goals. Many of them I accomplished. Many of them I didn't. Um, But I think it was interesting to look back just to kind of get an idea of like, what was my mindset when I was turning 39? Like, what was I thinking was important? Because sometimes you look back and you have to recall, I'm sure we will all recall, but I turned 40 in October. So I turned 40 in the middle of a pandemic. So I look back and I go like, if I would have known turning 39 that within the next year, all of this shit would have happened, would my goals have been different? And I think that they absolutely would have been. But I also think what's kind of good about my goals is that, you know, some of the things that could not happen because of the pandemic, they were goals that I had and they just couldn't occur. Like, so for example, some of the things were like travel more. Well, I couldn't freaking travel. That wasn't really my fault. Like I, it, it just didn't work out that way. Yeah. But then there were other things like, um, I wanted to, I had a goal to go visit my parents once a week, um, to speak to them more. And I think that because when I was, when, when you look at your, your own age, and as a result, you start to look somewhat at your own mortality, you then look at other people's. And I, I think when I turned 39, I realized like, my parents aren't going to be around forever. And the fact that in my mind, I don't have time to go there once a week. Well, that's bullshit. Yes, you do. You have time yeah. to stop by and say hello. You live 20 minutes away. So the good thing is that because that was a goal I set for myself is I want to see them more. I want to talk to them more. Um, I did do that. You know, I, I that was something I accomplished And then when the pandemic hit and I really couldn't spend time with them, I felt like I had that extra cushion of time because I made that a goal the October prior to like really see them that now that I don't really see them as much, or now that I'm kind of seeing them from a distance where it's like, if I go visit, I'm, you know, on the the sidewalk and I'm kind of like, hi, (laughs) you know, um, I'm also thinking about something funny that you said in one of our prior episodes. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember you said something like we were talking about leaving our phones, whether we leave our cell phones on or off at night when we go to bed? <laughs> I I actually remember this. Yes. It's like, yes. Can I bring this up? And, and <laughs> you said, you said, well, I, I think I asked you, well, what if, you know, like somebody was going to die and, and you weren't going to get the call till the next day. And you said, well, you know, <laughs> if they're going to die, what am I going to do anyway? Well, I'm not a doctor. Like, why are you calling me if you're dying? Don't call me if you're dying. You need to call 911. This is the same thing. And I'm sure you say this to like clients too. Like they'll be in the middle of some huge emergency. And they call me. I'm like, hang up and call the damn police. Like, why are you calling me right now? Don't call me. But yeah, there's no such thing as a family law emergency. I can't think of one. I mean, they're they're not one that I can actually take care of. I think the only emergency is kind of like, what am I supposed to do? But I feel like for the most part, people know what to do. Like we become a little bit of a crutch for them. You know what to do. Like you didn't need to tell me what to do. If you know, you know that you have a restraining order against your crazy wife and she's banging on the door and saying like, I have a gun, let me in. Do not call me, call the police. Like, you know what to do. There's really nothing, you know, if it's not normal business hours, I can't do anything for you. Cause 
we either have to contact the adversary or we have to go to court. Right. And if it's not business hours, we can't do any of those things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's probably another episode, though. I think it is. But I think you made a good point when I said that you shouldn't call me if you're dying, because you did say, well, what if it's like the person's dying and you have the opportunity to see them before they die, but you missed the call? And I was kind of like, yeah, that would suck. <laughs> that would like if I kind of like woke up the next morning and I'm like, oh, saw your missed call. What's up? Oh, just so you know, so-and-so was dying and he was asking for you. And I'd be like, oh, shit, sorry. Like, But if you were seeing your parents all along, you know what I never understand? I don't understand how people spend their lives being mad at somebody. And I see a, a lot of this with people with their family members. But then all of a sudden, the person gets diagnosed with cancer or something terminal. And then all of a sudden, it's, oh, my God, we have to go spend time with them. And it's like, but OK, so you're not mad anymore. So what happened to that? And if it's if you can oversee, overlook these things because they're about to die, why couldn't you overlook them before? Because a news flash to everybody, we are all going to die. I'm just telling you right now. I'm not speak for yourself. I'm not dying. So whoever these people are that you're mad at, they're going to die one day. I think you just don't know where that's what people need to hear. Yeah. Yeah, Because they don't think about that. Like, I I think once you find out somebody's about to die, all of a sudden you go like, wait, this person's not going to be around forever. Yeah. I don't get to be mad at them for the rest of like my life. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, I've seen this so many times and I think people regret the lost time. Yeah. They regret all that time that, you know, they're, they're not here anymore. I can't just pick up the phone. I can't go visit. You know, I can't invite them to lunch or spend the holidays with them. Like all that time that I just spent being mad. And sometimes you don't even remember what the hell we were really mad at. Well, maybe that is a worthwhile, you know, thing to think about as a resolution, you know, of, letting go of all of, you know, the, the anger or the spite or, you know, the, the vengefulness or all of those grudges that you had that you don't know why you have them. You know, maybe it is a worthwhile endeavor at a new year to say, I'm going to let go of all of that because the reality of the situation, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine, as I said, you know, like, The amount of energy, whether it's mental energy or physical energy that it takes to be angry is so much greater than the amount of energy it takes to just let it the fuck go. You know, like you spend so much of your mental energy being pissed that it, it, it consumes you. And maybe that is a good thing that, you know, if you are going to do a new year, new me, maybe the new year, new me should be, you know, Let's look back at the fact that 2020 was a crazy year, right? And all of these things happened. And there was such a ridiculous amount of loss, the amount of people that lost people, the amount of lives that were lost last year, that maybe this is a good time to look back and reflect and say, am I holding on to some shit that I need to let go of? Mm -hmm. Because life is way too short and I could be gone or my family member could be gone, you know? There are people that, you know, caught, you know, ended up contracting COVID and were dead three weeks later that never thought in a second, like never thought, Hey, I'm going to be dead in three weeks, you know? Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't have to be COVID. I mean, this, this, you can get hit by a bus. Yeah. When COVID's all over and we, you know, we've got a new normal because I don't know that we're ever going to go back totally to how we were, but when there's a new normal and we can all actually go out to dinner and all that sort of thing and mingle again, life is still uncertain. Right. You know, I, so I hate that word. I, it's so overused right now. These uncertain we're, times. These uncertain times. Guess what? It was always uncertain people. Right. Times were always uncertain. Was, you, when you went to bed at night, you didn't really know that you were going to wake up in the morning. I mean, we all kind of expect to, but some people don't. And there's yeah. going to come a day when one of you won't. But we all right. won't. Right. It's going to come a day when it's our last day. This might sound kind of morbid, but it's just true. And I hope that day isn't for a very long time, but I don't really know that. 
and none of us do. So we don't need, whether it's COVID that kills us or it's something else, I think we should always be very grateful for every day. I really, I think about this probably far too much. <laughs> People might think I'm really morbid or depressed or something, <laughs> but I, I do often think, you know, I'm going to be dead one day and I don't know when. I don't know if I have two weeks left or two years left or, you know, 50 years left. I, I don't know. So you have to make every day count. I usually think about this when I'm trying to justify spending a lot of money on something or, <laughs> you know, doing something Makes that sense. maybe I yeah. could postpone a little bit, but, um, like a great example is I feel so terrible for people who work their whole lives, they save their money and they think they're going to do all this travel and all this fun stuff when they retire. And they'll actually put off travel and vacation saying, Oh, you know, we're going to do that when we, when we retire and then they retire and someone gets sick or right. God forbid somebody dies or their spouse dies. And that time that they expected to spend together and bond and travel, they can't do it now. Yeah. It so you know what, Christina, that means you should just buy that blouse. If you <laughs> want it, you should just buy it because life is too oh. short. Well, I've gotten myself into a little trouble in the past just doing that. But <laughs> so one of my resolutions, which I say in finger quotes, is uh, to to be more present. And that is actually something that I've been working on, you know, even last year and before that. And I think I'm getting better at it. Just trying to enjoy the present, you know, not always. How worrying. are you doing that? just reminders, you know, when I get like being self-aware, paying attention to my thoughts. And when I start to get totally frazzled, like, oh my God, I have to do this and I have to do that. And I'm so behind and my to-do list is growing. And like, you can really just make yourself crazy with all of that. I, I try to kind of catch myself when I'm doing it and just say, you know what I have today, what, what could be the, the, the highest and best use of my time today Mm -hmm. and, and recognizing when do I need a little break? Like, you know, there's days I'll leave at three o'clock and I'll just be like, you know what? I I've done all I can do today. I need yeah. to just go home and relax and, you know, watch some Netflix. I mean, if you're doing that every day, might want to look into that a little bit, but there's just Maybe. days when that's okay. It's okay. If you need to do that, be present. I, I, I like that a lot. I think that for me, I've, I've thought about that, you know, prior to this year, as far as being present, I'm not very good at being present in the way that you're speaking of. So it's kind of interesting that you say that because it does give me something to think about. Um, but I feel like I have put a lot of thought into being present with people mm. because I, you know, I, I think that we're all guilty of it. I feel like I've gotten a lot better. Um, but, you know, I feel like we've all been in the situation where you're out to dinner with somebody and they're like, uh-huh, yes, uh-huh, you know, phone. and it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. It but, does. It's but rude. I do, it's very rude. But I think that we're in such a society now where we have there, there's the, the stimuli is everywhere. It's like, oh, you know, I'm talking to you and I'm looking at this and what's on Facebook and there's a video playing and all of this stuff is happening. And you're not being present with the person that's with you. Yeah. And what I will say is I've tried to be mindful of it, of, you know, if I go out to dinner with you, my phone's in my purse. Like I don't need my phone. I, I can, I can sit and have dinner with you. Or if I, my phone is out, you know, I'll put it upside down. So I'm not getting, you know, alerts constantly. And I do understand that there are people that may have childcare issues or you have kids mm -hmm. or something, and you kind of want to like keep yeah. an eye and just make sure nobody and, and to me, that's fine. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. It's just the constant, you know, so I've tried to be very aware to not do that. And when I'm with somebody to give them my, my attention. Yes. I've never noticed that in all of our dates together. I've never, that's never Thank been you. an issue for me because you do notice it. it you don't notice it th until it's a problem, right? Like, right until I've it's excessive. Yeah. Like I've had a few friends where I did start to notice that they were constantly looking at their phone when we were together. And 
you know, if it happens like maybe one time, you just kind of let it pass. But when it starts to become a regular thing, I find it offensive. My feeling is you, there's something else that you would rather be doing. You know, right. wh- whatever I'm talking about is not interesting. It's, it's not enough to hold your attention. So right. then it begs the question, why are we out together? You know, well, if you want to see what's going on on Instagram, go home. Right. Like you can do that on your couch. If you want to yeah. scroll through Instagram, do that on your couch. You know, you're not going to do that when you're with someone. And, you know, obviously there's, there's a difference between, you know, I, I think we're probably all guilty of it. Like, yeah. you know, with somebody that you live with, for example, mm-hmm. there's certainly times like I'm sitting on my phone, my boyfriend's on his phone. Like he's over here. I'm over here. And we're both just like scrolling away. Like, yeah, I, I mean, that happens. But I think that when you're, you're trying to engage with someone that's different than, you know, passively just being, but like, if you're kind of like, Hey, like we're going to sit and we're going to have dinner. Or if I come to you and I say like, Hey, I want to talk to you about something. I am famous for disengaging from a conversation. If you're not paying attention to me, like if, if you're, and I do it at work, you'll just stop. Right. Like I'll just stop talking. And then the person may look up and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, no, I just, to finish what you need to do when you're ready to talk to me, let me know. So, yeah. I mean, I've know. had to, I've had to say to, you know, a couple, thankfully limited number of people, but like, Hey, can you, can you please not do that? Or I'll say it not when they're doing it. I'll say some other time. Like I've just noticed that you're on your phone a lot when we go out, can you please not do that? And almost always they get really defensive. Yeah. But I think what happens is they think about it and then they're now alerted to the fact that, yeah, I see you doing that. I don't like it. And they, they usually will, they'll stop doing it. I mean, I, I personally think that, and maybe this is just me because I'm, I'm very willing to accept when I'm an asshole. Like I'd want you to tell me, like I'd want it because there are times that you do things mindlessly and you really don't realize how offensive it is to somebody, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And if nobody calls you on it, you're just going to keep doing it. And the person's going to keep being pissed at you. And like, nothing's really happening. Like, I know that, you know, I've had conversations with friends. I remember a friend saying to me that there was there was something I did that she didn't like, you know, that she didn't like. What did you do, Robin? (laughs) Well, you know what it was, was that it was, she didn't like how abruptly I get off the phone. So, you know, we would be having a conversation, you know, let's say something would happen. She'd be like, I have to go. And I'm like, all right, bye. And I'd get off the phone. Now, part of it is I sometimes bring my business persona into yeah. my personal life. I know exactly what you mean and, by that. Yeah. And so I think that my issue is from a business persona. I am a person who is busy. I, I know that other people are busy. I try to be respectful of somebody's time. If you tell me you have to go, to me, that means you got to go. So I'm like, all right, bye. Like, I'm not I gonna, hate long goodbyes on the phone. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to question you about it and be like, oh, okay. Well, okay. So have a good week. And it was so good catching up with you. Like, oh, and I, when not, you have, after you have that doctor's appointment, call me and let me know how it went. And it's like, my mom does this. Love your mom. If you're listening, but it's like, hang up already. We're done. Right. right. But, but that's kind of, that's how, and I know that I've been in, in situations where I'm on the phone with somebody And I say to them like, Hey, I really got to get going. And the conversation Mm -hmm. continues for 15 minutes and it pisses me off. I'm like, I said, I have to go. Like I have to go, you know? And with those people, I actually have to schedule the goodbye. Like I have to say, look, I know that I need to go at 545. So I need to say goodbye at 530. Like I know with those people, I have to say, I have to go at 530. And it's annoying to me. So because of that, I think that in my abruptness, I thought I was being respectful of her time. And she took it as like, it feels like you just can't wait to get off the phone with me. Yeah. But that says more about her, not you. Well, but, but I appreciated the conversation because once she said it to me, I could say, well, this is my reason behind that. Mm -hmm. And then she could say, this is how that makes me feel. And I could say, I need you to understand that that is 100% not how I feel. 
that I understand that there are going to be times that you have to go or times that you have to attend to something. And that does not annoy me that that happens. If we're in the middle of a conversation and you're like, ah, shit, this is happening. I, I got to go. I got to call you back. I'm like, all right. Cause, cause things happen. Can I ask but, you a question? Yeah. Is she from New Jersey? Yes. Oh, because I have found that, you know, we're from this Northeast area. People yeah. tend to be a bit of abrupt and abrasive here, mm-hmm. uh, especially compared to other parts of the country. So that's why I was asking, because I feel like you, you and I have never had a problem hanging up. Like I, I never thought you were abrupt, you know, <laughs> we probably do it the same way. But I think we're of that same mindset. It's kind of like, Hey, you know, this, and we've had this conversation, even in like, emails that we send or something like there are definitely times that I'll, I'll write an email and there are no pleasantries in this email. Like there's not one pleasantry. And I actually have to go back into the top of the email and go, hi, how are you? I, I do that too. a great week because I don't think that way. Like I sent an email. I'm like, Hey, I want to know if you have the figures for last month. Can you let me know? Bye. Like, it's like, what do I need? What's the point? I do that too. Go back in and soften it a little bit because everybody is not like that. But I I guess I say that long-winded story. They're so needy, those people. (laughs) I say all that shit talking family, this long-winded story to say that I, I appreciate knowing if I'm being an asshole. I appreciate that. Or even if you're perceiving me to be one. Yeah. Because then we can have a conversation about it. Like I can say, well- my, my intention was not to be an asshole. And if you're perceiving it that way, I would like to know that. Like, I'd like to know that that's how that comes off. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I I've said that to important people in my life. Like, look, if there's something that I'm doing, that's bothering you, please don't just assume that I'm doing it on purpose or I just don't care. I'm not aware of it because yeah. if, if it's, if you're bothered by it or were offended by it, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. Right. So tell me. Right. Yeah. No, but I mean, I think that just comes down to communication, you know, yeah, of oh, people having, having the ability to communicate. And it's very refreshing to me when people can do that, when people yes. can say like, look, you did this and it hurt my feelings. And I understand because I know you that that likely was not your intention, Yeah, but that's how it came off to me. And I just want to let you know that and I'm kind of like, cool. Like, I'm glad that you can come to me and say that. And then we can have a dialogue. Well, this actually reminds me of a topic that you and I have um, sort of had on our list of ideas for the show. And it's um, how to, when to say yes, how to say no. Yeah. So maybe that should be our next topic. Because especially how to say no, people have such a hard time with that. And I, I notice it a lot in a sales context because I've had various sales training over the years. And it's so frustrating when you're, you know, trying to make a sale um, and somebody can't just say, you know what, I really don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> they just can't say that. So they make up all these excuses like, oh, I don't know. You know, let me look at my calendar. I'll get back to you. Or let me, you know, uh, I got to talk to this, that, or the other. I got to do all this. Oh, I just saw something over there. I got to go. It's like, dude, just fucking tell me you don't want it. It makes yeah. life easier for both of us. For everybody. And then I don't yeah. spend the time following up with you. Yes. saying like, well, maybe it's a better time, you know, next week for us to talk about this. You know, you don't want to talk about it. So why am I going to follow yes, up with you? Yes, just stop. Well, they think yeah. you're going to, they think eventually you will just stop asking. Well, they don't know me very well if they think that. <laughs> because I will keep asking. And I've actually said to people at times like, hey, you know, if you don't want this, it's really okay. You can just tell me that and I'll stop bothering you. And then I'll put a little smiley face. Um, and even then sometimes they, they can't, they'll they'll make an excuse, you know? Well, I know that, you know, the fact that you have that level of persistence for people like me is really good because there are many times that there is something I do want to do, but I just like, it's not front of mind. So it's kind of like, Hey, do you want to, I mean, it's never going to be, do you want to go out to dinner? Cause I always want to eat. So that's always going to be front of mind, but like, 
it may be like, Hey, do you want to, you know, get together and do this interview? And I might be like, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. And you go, okay, cool. Then I go about my life and I do 900 other things. Mm -hmm. And I may not be thinking about it, but it is something I really did want to do. And then you come back to me and go, we never really firmed up that interview. And I'm like, ah, shit, we didn't. Okay. So let's do this or let's do that or let's firm it up. But, you know, so I I think that that persistence works, which is why it's good that you do it. But then it's annoying to you because if the person really is not a me and doesn't really want the persistence, they just want to say no, then you don't want to waste your time. Then just okay, say no. And then I'm going to move on to something else. Like, I don't want to bother you and I don't want to waste my time. Right. So if I'm going nowhere with this, just tell me. Yeah. Right. I'll stop bothering you. You have to stop making excuses and I can go bother someone else who right. might say yes. Right. So, and, and it's not just about sales, you know, but that's, that's sort of where I see it a lot. And, I, but I see it in other places, you know, like relationships and, um, you know, friends sometimes who can't always be totally honest. You know, any relationship, I think if you have, if it's deep enough, and it lasts long enough, there will come a time when you have to have a conversation about something that might be a little unpleasant. Yeah. Like someone is doing something that's upsetting you or they hurt your feelings or I don't know. I can't really think of an example, but that's just life, right? That's life as a human. Yeah. And you have to be able to have those conversations and and tell people stuff they don't always want to hear. Well, you know, there is, there is that meme out that says, you know, don't say maybe when the, when you want to say no or something like that. Oh, I just or, posted that on my social I think media. You, I think you did. Like, don't say maybe yeah. when the answer is no, because yeah. the answer is not maybe the answer is really no. I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. So guys, if you're out there looking for new year's resolutions to break, there's another one mm-hmm. for you. Don't say maybe when you want to say no. Yeah. Start to be no. comfortable with the no. No feels so good. Oh, yeah. do you know like the times when there's something you really don't want to do or like you really don't want to go somewhere and somebody's like, hey, do you want to go out here? And you're like, no, I can't make it. And you yeah. feel so good. You're like, oh, that was so good. Cause I really didn't want to, like, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And you, you know, know I, I've overbooked myself so many times just saying yes to too many things some of them, maybe I really did want to do them at the time, mm-hmm. but it, but then later realizing, well, I said yes to everybody. And now I've got all these things filling up my calendar. And I don't know about you, but I need time to kind of just rest and decompress and, and have some alone time. I'm an introvert. Nobody ever believes me when I say that, but I am. <laughs> and if I don't build that into my weeks and my days, it becomes a problem. Well, there's another great book that I read called Essentialism that um, was actually given to me by a client. Um, And the book was really about just getting rid of all of kind of the superfluous, I can never say that word well, superfluous crap in your life and only keeping that which is essential. And really what it was about was really learning to say no. There were, you know, it's kind of saying we over yes. And we're so afraid of missing an opportunity or thinking like, well, I should say yes to this because this might be a great thing, or this might be a great thing. And that might be a great thing. And when you're filling up your life by saying yes to mediocre shit, you're not giving yourself space for the real great things. Yeah. yeah. You're not, there's no room there. So for you, the great thing may be what's great for you is having that time to reset and having yeah. that time to recharge so that you can be the best Christina because you got that time that introverts need, that you need that recharge or else you're not yeah. going to be yourself. And you're not giving yourself time for that. And that's to your detriment. You know, so you should be saying yes to that as opposed to saying yes to, you know, going to this event that you really didn't want to go to, but you kind of felt like it would be bad if you said no. Yeah. yeah. So let's not get too far into the next show. We've got to save some well, juice for the next one. You know, I feel like I'm not 100% sure that this show was about new year, new me, but you know what? I think what that says 
is that Christina and I are not going to change. So if you're listening to shit talking, you're going to get the same shit talking where we name the topic of the show something, but you don't really know what the hell we're going to talk about. That's welcome. That's welcome. just the jumping off point. That's all. Yeah, That's what starts us. That's, that's yeah. the startup. So, so the next jumping off point will be when to say yes, how to say no. I think I'm going to do some research. I bet you are. I expect no <laughs> less from you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening or watching shit talking. We're happy to be back for reals this time. For real. Because we didn't have any tech problems this show. Look at that seamless. Yeah. Beautiful. Right. Well, we, we do miss the peanut gallery. We do like when we go live and we get to see the comments and sort of interact. But for now, this is just how it's going to have to be. And we'll figure something out. We'll come up with a genius plan because I, I will say I miss you guys. I want your yeah. comments. I want to hear what you have to say. So comment on this video and we'll comment back. Yes. We'll still engage with you. We still love you. We love we you. We still all. love you, Peanuts. And actually <laughs> what we would like to know is tell us if you have, if you made any New Year's resolutions or goals, you know, whatever you did. Because I'm kind of curious, like what, what do other people do? Yeah. What are y'all doing in the streets out there? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Have a great week, guys. <laughs>